This is Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois. The podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. And now here's your host, Navy SEAL founder of Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, Rob Dubois. This is part two of our two-session interview with Justin Legg. So, you know, in the grand cosmic scheme of everything, we only have a short time here on Earth. We don't know what's coming after. You know, and going to Viktor Frankl's point about having somebody to go back to or having something to go back to, surviving, getting through, and to continue going doesn't necessarily require require having a person or a thing from your life as it was before to go back to. The thing that you, the only thing that you need really to have as motivation to go back to is the possibility of your future life. You know, as team guys, we've had grand experiences, you know, going all over the world, doing all kinds of things. You know, that ended for me shorter than I wanted it to, but I would have never imagined that I was going to go back for a master's degree. Um, I would not have imagined I would have the impact that I've had in doing my work in renewable energy and now ending up doing uh, military strategy for, you know, high-level stuff, you know, within, you know, the whole U.S. defense apparatus. The possibilities of life and what could come next are amazing. And trying to have that understanding, I think, is the, the most important thing. You know, and I've, I've been asked often, well, you know, it's great to have that goal, but how do you actually just get through it? How do you actually just get to achieving the spot where you can even get back to being concerned about, you know, the possibilities of what, what are next, you know, and, and so this is where I, I've kind of wanted to address, you know, how I've gotten through things. When I speak publicly, I tell people about, you know, three things specifically. Talk about eating the elephant, which I'm, I'm sure you guys, or I'm sure Rob, you may be familiar with. I talk about the Zen master, and I talk about the IV pole, meaning when you're in the hospital, the, the pole that holds the IV bags or the chemo bags that are feeding into your, your IV line. Leave that one for last. But we, we've already alluded to getting through bugs, taking things one thing at a time, one day at a time, getting to the next meal, maybe taking just the ne next evolution. And that's what I'm talking about with eating the elephant. You know, proper, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Right. So if you think about the enormity of trying to eat an elephant, and somebody says, eat that, you think, well, how the hell am I ever going to get that done? Putting aside, you know, the, uh, the real world factors of, well, the thing will be rotten before I ever get anywhere near close to it. But if you could do it without the elephant rotting away. You gotta do it one bite at a time. It's gonna take you a long time. You don't worry about the size of the elephant or how long it's gonna take you to eat it. You just start eating. 
Some parts are going to be good. Supposedly the trunk is a delicacy. Some parts are going to be bad because you got to work your way around to the rear end of the elephant. But it's it's taking it all one chunk at a time, and that and that helps. Um, like I said, you know there was you know the, the days where I even got down to just taking one breath at a time or going five seconds at a time and doing that almost all day long. And that's something, uh, to be honest, I, I'd like to credit myself on because keeping my cool and trying not to freak out when I couldn't breathe and staying calm and just being focused on one breath at a time, slowly, five seconds at a time, and when I got done with that breath, moved to the next five seconds. When I got to done with that breath, moved to the next five seconds. That takes a lot of mental focus. It does. It's, it's terrifying. That's the well, the closest the human lizard brain can get to abject terror is uh, oxygen starvation. We do it with or without years of training and with years of training. It's it's very hard to overcome that without incredible calm and say, "Dude, deal." Uh, you may not feel like you're getting enough, but trust the process or you're going to lose. If you if you freak out, you burn O2 a lot faster and the prices gets a lot worse. It is. It is. It is terrifying. And trying to keep that terror monster at bay is very difficult. You know, and that's where I go back to the I've, I've been lucky to go through the progressively more difficult things in my life. You know, people have told me so so often, God, you have terrible luck. This after this after this. And I'm like, well, I actually, I'm still here, so I think I have pretty good luck, and that I've had the good luck of getting through this because this prepared me for the next thing, and I've had the good luck of getting through that because it prepared me for the next thing. You know that that's part of like when I said I stay awake for surgeries, I purposely do that to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I, I, I am a little bit of a pain junkie um, only because I, I've done that to purposely get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Getting comfortable with discomfort has allowed me to maintain my calm when getting into situations like that. And so even now, when I, I'm pretty sure the worst of it is behind me, I can continually seek that discomfort. That's why I've tried to, or that's why I have stayed awake through heart surgeries. I've stayed awake through liver biopsies, which are really effing uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, a lot of other things. Because it just all reinforces in my mind that I've done a million things that have been uncomfortable. Like I said, you know, the liver biopsies, the, the heart surgeries, um, getting catheters in my neck, being awake for all kinds of things. Uh, I'm awake for my um, bronchoscopies where they stick tubes down into my lungs. All of that builds to giving you a, a resume of things that you have accomplished while being uncomfortable and build your confidence that you can go through future things that will be uncomfortable. So the last thing 
I wanted to touch on was that the third thing I usually tell people about the story of the IV pole is about humor and trying to keep humor in the situation as best as you can. You know, when we're going through buds, it seems like um, the guys who can laugh at the really difficult things are the guys who are often most successful going through buds. When I was initially diagnosed with leukemia, I was in the hospital at what is now Walter Reed. I had, a, I had an IV pole that always had my bags of chemo on it. And I had given my IV pole a, a name because I had to get up and walk around the, the hospital floor with that IV pole with me every day. I had uh, an admiral come to visit me at the time. This admiral and I had a, uh, an uncomfortable past. So I thought, wow, this would be the perfect time for me to talk to my IV pole without addressing it as, hey, IV pole. So I had to, the admiral was there and I asked him if he wanted to uh, go on a walk for, with me around the, the floor. I said, sure. So as I was getting up, I said, okay, come on, dickhead. He looked at me like, what the F did you just say to me? He's looking at me and I look at my IV pole and said, come on, dickhead. And he's still looking at me cockeyed. I said, oh, no, not you, sir. I'm talking to my IV pole. I named my IV pole dickhead. Other people had called it like roly-poly or Polly the Pole, or whatever, but now I decided to call my IV pole dickhead because I wanted to have a little bit of humor in what was going on. Every time I got up, I'd be like, all right, come on, dickhead. And that's just kind of how I have approached all of my stuff. I have my closest friends uh, who are around me. They know that I appreciate that kind of humor. Yeah, when I'm having shitty days and we're all hanging out and I'm kind of lagging behind, we're like, all right, come on, cancer boy. Oh, we don't care that your lungs, <laughs> like, we don't care that your lungs suck. Keep up. You, you'll catch your breath when we get there. That kind of humor has, has helped deflate the seriousness of the situation. And, you know, I know not everybody has the luxury to be able to joke about situations all the time but I have tried my best to always find a way to joke about my situations even to the point where some of the times that I've gone to the hospital with my cardiac arrhythmias you know, my wife has gotten enough used to it where if you've ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber oh yes Jim Carrey as Lloyd Christmas He's coming out of the uh, convenience store and he runs into a, an older woman who he has to hold his stuff because he has to go back into the store for something. And the last thing he says to her, he's like, he's like, hey, don't you go dying on me. <laughs> so the times we've gone with my cardiac arrhythmias, you know, my wife's dropping me off at the ER room so she can go park <laughs> every time she says to me. Now, don't you go dying on me. 
Nice. It's good to have a partner in crime for your self-abusive humor because that's love. Love, you know, guys rag on each other to show love. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they say, you know, a good friend talks shit about you to your face and says nice things about you behind your back. Right. Exactly. And so I've tried to keep humor in this situation as much as possible, you know, especially for the people around me. Because I know when things get hard, these people around me are used to my humor and they, they give it back to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the best example that I had with this is that shortly after I'd woken up out of my coma and I figured out what was going on, you know, like about two days later, my wife was telling me about uh, she was out to dinner with my parents Everybody was a little bit antsy because I was still asleep and things weren't going so well. My wife ordered a shrimp cocktail. My dad had just snapped. Oh, no, we don't need that. So she just kept quiet about it and let the dinner progress. She told me about it after I woke up. And when I had a little bit of clarity, there was a time where my mother and my wife had left the room to go somewhere. And I figured I was going to get my dad good. Called them in. My voice was really weak. I was like, I know things aren't going so great, but if they go to the worst, I just want to let you know that you get my wife that damn shrimp cocktail every fucking time she asks for it. (laughs) 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 My dad had this look on his face while I'm talking to him. And my poor dad, he was just like, oh, fuck. This is not good. And when I said that, he was busted. Like, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> very rarely does my dad curse. He's like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> he was expecting this is it. This is the moment. Oh my God. Yeah. Here like, he goes. Yep. <laughs> you know, and he even had a, you know, after I said that, you know, he let the tears go. He's like, you God damn it. <laughs> I mean, kick your ass when you're better. <laughs> yeah, right on. You know, trying to keep humor in the situation really helps. You know, there's been plenty of studies that talk about levity actually helping your health. Yes. So, yes, laughter actually does produce your measurable health benefits. Not only physical health, but mental health. I think having mental health, oftentimes when you're in dire straits where your physical health is failing, your mental health will pull you through the day. So, Absolutely. That's where the resilience is. The resilience is not in the body. It's in the mind. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The resilience is in the mind. Uh, the strength is in the mind. The mind can overcome far more than the body wants to deal with. And that's something, you know, yeah. we all learn in the hell week. Yep. Yeah, and that's just those three things, you know, eating the elephant, the IV pole, and then the, the, the last thing, the Zen master. And this is what I tell people. Going through prolonged periods of difficult times can really be rough and really be degrading on your mental. So the story of the Zen master is, um, and this has been told in several movies and several different ways, 
But generally, it goes something like this, that, you know, the feudal times in Japan, there was this Zen master in the village that everybody would go to. And this boy had gotten a horse for his birthday. Everybody was saying how wonderful it was that the boy got this horse, and the Zen master came down to see what all the commotion was going on. And somebody said, oh, Zen master, look how wonderful this boy got a horse for his birthday. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? The Zen master said, well, we shall see. So a year later, the boy's riding his horse, and he falls off, and he breaks his leg terribly. He's probably never going to walk right again. He'll be able to walk, but it's he's not going to be as capable as he was before. The Zen Master comes down to see the commotion. He says, Zen Master, you, he's broken his leg. He's never going to be able to walk right. How terrible. Zen Master says, well, you shall see. A couple of years later, war breaks out. The feudal lords are all coming through, rounding up all the able-bodied males to go off to war. And... They know that most of them probably aren't coming back, but the boy doesn't get taken because he can't really walk so well. And everybody says, oh, Zen Master, isn't it wonderful that he didn't have to go off to war? And Zen Master says, we shall see. You know, the, the point of it is that there's no way to know what has happened now is a good thing or a bad thing because we don't know the future and, and what that role is going to play in the future. You know, if we take my story, for instance, you know, I got cancer. That sounds like a terrible thing. Out of me getting cancer and needing a bone marrow transplant, we asked everybody we knew to try and run bone marrow drives to see if anybody would be a match for me. Out of those bone marrow drives... All the people that signed up, we know of about 18 people right now who have been called to be bone marrow donors for other people. So if I hadn't got sick and asked for everybody to help me, those 18 people may not have become bone marrow donors for the people who needed the bone marrow transplant. Right. If I didn't get sick, possibly another 18 lives may not have been saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on the flip side of things, when I got the bone marrow transplant, they're like, oh, that's wonderful. This is going to solve the leukemia. We did not expect the bone marrow transplant to give me the severity of the disease that it did that ended up destroying my lungs requiring mm -hmm. a double lung transplant. So bone marrow transplant, that's great. That's going to solve the leukemia. In most cases, you go on and you eventually get off the medication and everything settles out. In my case, one of the worst cases, I'll never get off that medicine. Now that I have a double lung transplant, definitely not getting off that medication. Mm-hmm. And I got new lungs, which we thought were going to help, but they have helped. They have given me another 12 years, which is far beyond what we thought we would get. 
again, mm-hmm. you know, double lung transplant. Well, you're going to get another five years. Well, I've gotten 12, even with suboptimal conditions of, you know, a difficult surgery. Hmm. You know, and then there's been a lot of it that um, I've gotten involved in veterans things that helped attract other veterans to being involved in different programs where if I had never gotten sick or never gotten a double lung transplant, maybe these veterans wouldn't have gotten into these other programs and who knows what would have, what would have happened. Right. You can't judge today's happenings for what they seem to be without accounting for what they may become in the future. And you can't discount the role of the actions you take to make them something better than what they might be. If I had never asked for help and just relied on what the bone marrow registry was that was out there, I still would have gotten my bone marrow transplant because Mm -hmm. my transplant came from the existing bone marrow registry. So that would have been fine for me, but those 18 other people may not have had their lives saved by somebody else who was willing to donate bone marrow. You know, there's... In this story of the Zen master, this teaches you to look at the future for the possibilities that may come, regardless of what you do. But it also teaches you to try your best to influence the possibilities of what may come and not judge what the future may hold based off of today's predictions. That creates a really sound minute-to-minute philosophy on life in general to say, okay, this is happening. Good or bad, I accept it's real. It's right now. And we'll find out. (laughs) We shall see. And what you're describing is wisdom. And that's a fantastic segue to... Well, don't accuse me of being wise. No, God forbid. I thought I said you're describing wisdom. Okay. You heard about it from somebody who has some. Okay. Thank you. So some guy said, here's what wisdom is. I I never even claimed to have a grain of wisdom or a grain of humility because God forbid I I start to believe that. And I think that here's the here's the paradox, like you said earlier. Everything's paradoxical. Uh, In 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 you know, a great a great uh, um, philosopher whose name I don't remember, was it Socrates or the other one, said, uh, you know, Socrates. I only know that I know nothing. <laughs> so to, to claim oneself as having wisdom or having, having humility is, is the opposite. But, but to suggest that I understand that I have little or none of wisdom or humility is a really good way to be on the path of practicing it and trying to have some someday. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think to be on the path of practicing it is the important part. And that's where it goes back to eating the elephant. Right. Take, right. Taking it one chunk at a time. Yeah. And, and while you're eating the elephant, remember the wisdom of the Zen master that things may come that you won't see right now that are a direct result of what you're experiencing right now. Mm hmm. And then bring in the IV pole. Yeah. And laugh a little. And, and laugh a little. <laughs> laugh more than you can along the way. 
and it, it'll help the process. When uh, I was doing a radio show for, um, I was interviewed on a show back in the day when Powerful Peace had been released, and the producer, Cynthia Cohn, said afterward, and we put it in the book as a blurb, she said, when I was listening to you talk, I thought I was, it felt like I was listening to a badass Navy SEAL mixed with the Dalai Lama and with a little Monty Python mixed in. And that's what you're talking about. <laughs> the wisdom, the strength, and the humility and the humor. You just got to laugh a little bit. We have to laugh at ourselves or, or everyone else will. I, I think we could probably substitute my wisdom for George Carlin and Monty Python for um, Sam Kennison. Mm-hmm. Say it. Say it. <laughs> so the the segue that is irresistible goes right back to what you and I have talked about offline over the past months and past years. And it needs to be spoken to. We have a little time left, a few more minutes on this second part of this episode. It's a powerful, 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 powerful message you're sharing here. And we're talking about these topics. It's so important. And what you and I have discussed is, you know, we work in a community of helping people however we can, you know, again, with humility and uh, as much as possible, humility and wisdom. But we, we know we don't know it all. We know that everyone is offering something that someone can benefit from. But these days in, uh, in, the, in the Instagram influencer world, there is so much rah, 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 go get some. Go hustle harder and you'll be a success going on. And that doesn't sit very well with you, especially with this experience you've had of you can't always run a five mile. You know, things happen in life. Life has change in it. Uh, what do you want to leave the listeners with to talk to think about for themselves and and go beyond the idea that it's all about being aggressive, it's all about being tough, which are both important things? Yeah, they are important things. And I think we should do it to the extent that we are capable of doing it. But there's so much of uh, an emphasis on physical capability and physical toughness. You know, if, if you don't do this every day, and if you don't keep doing this every day, you're never going to succeed. Um, and I think that that misses the mark by a mile. That, you know, in the teams we talk about earning your trident every day. Right? And that means, you know, earning what you have, not only earning it, but displaying all those traits that helped you earn what made you become a Navy SEAL. And that's important if you're an active duty Navy SEAL. But people don't realize that earning your trident every day doesn't mean you have to be a, a physical monster and that you have to have extreme discipline in everything you do. Obviously, in, you know, in somebody like somebody's situation like mine, you know, physical capability does get impaired when you're going through difficult things like this. Say it's not even physical, say it's mental. And, and a lot of people have mental health problems. And if you're going to have if you have physical health problems, you're going to have mental health problems along with them. Depression and anxiety are real things. And those in particular are very big obstacles to daily discipline. And I think what I would like to say to people is that your 
earning your trident doesn't mean you have to try to be like a Navy SEAL, that you don't have to be a physical monster. Earning your trident means earning what is important to you, whether that be being a, a mother or a father to your children, whether that might be being a, a member of your church and helping people in your church, whether that might be being a mentor to young people. It might be, you know, earning your keep as an attorney, or even if it's, you know, being the best. My mother was a florist. She was the most amazing florist around. Uh, my father was a police officer. He was respected as a member of the community, a police officer with compassion for the people that he interacted with. There are a million ways to earn your trident and to continually try to improve yourself to be what you want to be. But it doesn't mean that if you don't do it every day, you're a failure. There are impediments to success. And I think the lesson to learn is that Keeping the hope for improvement is the most important thing. Keeping the hope for improvement is something we can always do and keep in the back of our mind. I, I call it fighting the long war because I, I've hit very depressive states. I have dealt with anxiety. Uh, especially over my, my my physical problems, but wondering if I'm ever going to be able to get back to any kind of semblance of what I deem is successful in my life. And I think it's the, the biggest part is realizing it's not working right now. Just because it's not working right now doesn't mean it won't ever work. Mm -hmm. Maybe today I eke out an inch. Maybe tomorrow I gain a mile. Maybe the next day I just try my best not to give up any ground. And the day after that, I might slide back a little bit, but I'm still looking forward to someday it's going to get better. Someday I'm going to find a way. And if you just keep that idea in your head. This still goes back to the Zen master and the elephant, you know, keeping those principles in your mind that taking it little bit by little bit. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but if I keep the idea in my mind that one day I can get better, if I just pay attention and look for those opportunities, if I try my best to create my own luck, that's where it's at. In my early sobriety, I learned a phrase that was, it seemed uh, counterintuitive for a big, bad, tough guy. And it was, be gentle with yourself. And that has become part of my own doctrine. Because when we're hearing somebody on Instagram scream about how you have to rage harder and grind harder and hustle harder, again, not bad traits to, to, to push, not bad traits to strive, but... There, very often, there's a correspondence with self-abuse. 
Like, fuck your feelings. Keep going. And that's not what a human is. A human is feelings, and a human is meat, and a human is thought, and a human is a moral compass. And those four things, body, mind, heart, and soul, all matter. And if we don't honor them, we're not really, we're not really succeeding. I might get a whole bunch of commas in my bank accounts total, but if I'm a miserable, miserable son of a bitch because I, I, I judge and, and, and beat myself up for being a loser if I, don't, if I do slide back like you talked about, slide back one day, just you can only hold ground one day. Th- those, are, those are admirable when a person is in a low state. <laughs> those are really good accomplishments. Deal with it, forgive yourself, move on. This is how being a healthy human really works. Yeah, you know, it's even if you're you're backsliding, you know, you could always say, "Well, I could have done worse," right? You know, if you know, if you're if you're fighting your way to sobriety, and oh, I had a drink today. Well, I could have done worse. I could have had the whole bottle. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? and now I can stop. Now I can restart what I was you on. Know, uh, oh well. You got to realize that there will always be a step backwards somewhere. Mm -hmm. No no matter how far you're progressing forward. I I, I mean, I I could challenge anybody in the world, but whoever is at the, the peak of whatever it is they do, I can guarantee you they had a step backwards for at least a day somewhere in what they did. There are some people who are incredibly high, you know, achievers who grind for years and years without ever having a backslide. But it takes time to get there, and you know, mm-hmm. a lot of those people don't have certain difficulties along the way that other people do. Right. You know, and so especially if you're a person who has dealt with some difficult or unforeseen circumstances. You know, especially when they're beyond their control, they will affect you in in ways that you won't realize for years down the road. And it is important to realize that you're a human, and these things just happen to humans. So, you know, I, I I tell people when you know they they say they're having problems and they're having difficulties I'm like well great you just you know conquered the biggest obstacle to say that yeah you're imperfect mm-hmm. realizing that you're imperfect and, and giving yourself grace for being imperfect is really important if I had just tried to be that hardcore seal all the time and well why couldn't I overcome chemo and get back to doing 50 pull-ups Mm-hmm. Well, there there are very clear matters of science that have prevented that. Right. You need to allow yourself some grace and some slack, and just keep your eyes on. Someday, I'm gonna. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. I might even be taking steps backwards for a couple months. Or I might be just holding ground for a couple of years, but sooner or later I'm going to get a good step forward, and I'm going to build on that. And mm-hmm. even when I'm building on that, there's going to something's going to happen and slide me sideways, and I'm going to take a step back. 
it, it is life and and learning to realize that is really learning how to become human and each of us has our own elephant to face whether we choose to eat it one bite at a time each of us has our own yours included leukemia mine included addiction and every person listening has their own elephant i i would encourage every person listening to dive in <laughs> have a bite get going yeah yeah and i i think that the the best way to do it is if you're if you're feeling that try to do one thing that you think is within your control if if you say say you have a a disorder with you know indulging in too much food try your best not to have one thing that you would normally have or you're having difficult time getting in the shape you would want to try to do one more push-up today mm -hmm. or if you're just dealing with depression try to listen to a song that makes you feel happy yeah think about what's possible you know, I, I, yeah it, it's just think about one day, maybe one day, I can get better at whatever it is. Maybe one day I can be a, a better parent than what I'm being. Maybe one day I'll be a better teacher. Mm -hmm. Or maybe one, one day I'll be better at digging this hole than I am today. Right. What do I want to have and what's a way I can work toward it? However small. That's, that's the grace you're talking about. Yeah. Give that grace. And, and the love of self to move forward, to take, take that little action, whatever it may be. This uh, is incredibly, incredibly powerful. I think the biggest thing is, is don't ever let somebody else tell you that your goal is wrong or unimportant. Mm -hmm. Your goal is your goal. That, that's all that matters to you. And when we went back to one of your first questions about bullshit filter... Well, you should be doing more. You should be doing something else. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> I'm me. Exactly. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing me. This is what I want for my life. Piss off. Yeah, yeah. I'll be the judge of my my path. Thank you very much. Uh, Tony Hopkins yeah. said, uh, "Your opinion of me is none of my business." And that's how we ought to be operating on a daily basis. Hey, my opinion of me matters a lot. And that's where I've had to do so much work, you know, deal with, deal with what do I think of me? And, and then, and then uh, how, do I, how do I make it even better? Again, one bite at a time. Yeah. And, and sometimes your opinion of yourself can be pretty low. Absolutely. God, I'm an expert at that. Right. Don't beat yourself up for that. For all I've done in my life, all I've overcome, I've had some pretty low opinions of myself several times. You know, the experience you're sharing with the medical stuff and the emotional stuff and the mental stuff and the family stuff, uh, the, the wisdom that comes through is what people can benefit from so much on hearing this and, and uh, thinking about it, applying it in their own lives. And uh, it does come down to that. We each have our own elephant to face, and we each have to make the decisions about what we're going to do going forward. But just make that decision to do something. Commit to something. Commit to some growth and take the action, and then repeat until dead. <laughs> God willing, it'll be a whole bunch of years between now and then. Yeah, and you know, th there's another thing, you know, like um, I, I guess certain people call it like, uh, like disability porn. Mm -hmm. Well, if this guy without an arm can still lift this much 
what is your excuse? Yeah. It's like, I don't have an excuse. I'm not that guy. He's got different goals. Fuck him. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for that guy that he's doing what yeah, he is, yeah. but why are you comparing me to I him? I make no excuse. I don't intend to I'm do not that. The, <laughs> That's not part of my path. I'm not, I'm not him. I don't have an excuse and I really don't care what you think of it. You know, I never asked you why gorilla frog. <laughs> well, the frog part is from being team guy, but I've, I've been called, you know, a gorilla frog. A lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. I got called, you know, gorilla on the wrestling mat for just okay, right? The way I was built, the way I was really hairy. Um, I've uh huh, my roommate or my classmates at the Naval Academy and my company just called me gorilla because I, I started doing this one thing where I got down on my knuckles and ran across the hallway like a gorilla. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like just because I was a big dumb ape at some times. And then uh at one point I was at a team guy wedding and I made the mistake of leaving my wife with the rest of the team guys. Oh no. And she just said, Oh, look at my big baby gorilla up there. He looks so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, the other guys in my platoon were like, Oh, look at that cute baby gorilla. <laughs> Yeah. So sweet. You know, and it fit the way I am, like short and stocky and and very hairy. You know, so it's uh, it all worked out that way. A lot of people understand that my call sign was goat, not because I'm stinky, not because I'm horny, because you can eat everything. I, you know, have a beard, but because I can eat everything. Exactly. We're all famous for something. In the teams, and uh, and that's part of the beauty. It goes back to laughter is the best medicine. You got to laugh. And I brought up the gorilla frog because that's how I first met you. I didn't know who the hell Justin Leg was years ago. Is that how this is? It's very important for us to leave the listener with how to learn more, how to be in contact, not to exhaust you. I'm not asking you to be the, uh, you know, arbiter of ten thousand uh, queries. But if a person wants to follow you, to see you, find you, where do they where do they look to find Justin Leg? So. I've actually, uh, I'm doing another job where I'm teaching at a higher learning at institution. So I have dropped the gorilla frog Instagram. I cut that. <laughs> I, I cut that out because that's where my real true inappropriate humor, make fun of everything that's not supposed to be made fun of uh-huh. shown through. So I, I kind of had to shut that down just because to be quite honest with you, I really enjoy the teaching and politics being what politics are. There is more than enough ammunition on there to, for people to say this is really terribly inappropriate. Right, right. We, we professionally represent ourselves in public. Yeah, you know, to which I, my answer would be like, I don't care. That's who I am. If you want to judge me on that, fine. If you want to judge me on how I you know, interact with the students in the classroom, be my guest. I have uh, scrapped that Instagram, and I'm I'm just Justin Leg official. Okay, great. Any underscores in there, like Justin underscore? Nope, just Justin Leg official, all one word. And two G's. Yes, Leg with two G's. I don't publicize my Facebook account because I actually like to talk to people about contentious things, and of course, somebody is going to take something I say content. You know, trying to 
get people to talk and get people to try to understand different things. So I don't publicize my Facebook account. And of course it's not under my name. Sure, it's sure. not under my name. Mm-hmm. The people who know me know what it is. Well, it's very helpful to have the, to have the Justin leg official handle over on Instagram is, is a, an easy way in. So folks can find you and listen to, you know, more what you're talking about. And I really am really glad that they can, because this is so damn important. Yes. Any final drops of not wisdom? Yeah. That's where I plan to just, talk more about um, what I'm going through. I've only started that up about a month or two ago and only put a couple of posts up. So This can help millions of people, you know, the ripple effect. The stuff you're talking about can help people, can help families. In our call today, I will, you know, we rarely talk about the behind the scenes thing, but our producer Chip was talking with Justin about family stuff that Justin can actually add real value to. And this is what it means to be a fucking human being. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. I, I happen to have big biceps and tattoos, but that's not what defines me. Having compassion, having character—that's what defines a human being and the quality of a man. Yeah, up until my chemo, I had huge biceps, and, and I have some tattoos, and my biceps are starting to get back to where they were. But who the fuck cares? Exactly. Let's just honor the whole person. Yeah, and if. I'll put. The, I'll say this: If there is anybody who actually wants to get in touch with me, go to my Instagram, Justin Leg Official. Send me a personal message. Um, if you're having a difficult time, I am willing to talk with anybody. I, I do it all the time, especially you know, cancer transplant patients, people with, dealing with depression, anxiety, vets with PTSD, because. I've had my small share of that as well. I don't understand everything, but I am willing to tell you what I don't do understand and just try my best to help. Right on. I got a short time here. I'm going to make the most of it. Hell yes. Well, thank you, brother. I can't thank you enough, but I really, really appreciate you taking the time to share this. It's, it's been a, I've, I've enjoyed the time. I really enjoyed the conversation. I know you're going to make some impacts here. And we're all about impact at Impact Actual. And to the dear listener, thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us. Pass the word. Tell other people about this conversation or about this show in general. Don't let it stop at your ears. Don't let it stop in your mind and say, oh, that was interesting. But work, deal with this stuff. This is actionable life human stuff. And whew, I got to go take a breath and get some coffee because <laughs> this is intense stuff. And uh Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, brother. And we will see you all soon on the next episode of Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois. Thanks for joining us on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois, the podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. For more information about Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, visit impactactual.com. And be sure to subscribe on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen so you'll never miss a show. We'll see you next time on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois.